You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On College Football, the weekly podcast that highlights the biggest stories in the college football world. And, you know, I'm super excited to be here on this Monday. It's your girl, Candace Cooper, host of Locked On Tar Heels, leading this talented team. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download, subscribe to Locked On College Football from anywhere you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. So here's what I have on tap for you today. We've got Locked On Irish host Joe DeLeon. Here to talk to me about the Fighting Irish and just how sweet the victory from last night against Clemson really was. I also have Locked On Wolfpack host Kitten Gibbs here to talk to me about NC State and their you know recent loss against Miami, but why the team is still proven to be a tough contender in the conference period. So we're going to talk about the ACC. More importantly, what does it mean for the Fighting Irish in Clemson as they try to get into the college football playoffs? Let's speak to what the conference really means for the rest of the group. Now, jumping into it, I hope you guys had a great weekend, another weekend full of college football, mostly seeing all the games played besides the Pac-12, who had several hiccups, but nonetheless, it was good once again to be able to talk about some of their teams being back in action. Now, as I mentioned, Clemson-Notre Dame game was the the must-watch game of the weekend, as we all know a lot went on (laughs) this weekend, but still college football was one of the top dogs, to say the least. Now, as we know, Clemson lost, but we want to talk about a couple things that are important to note. There were four notable streaks that were broken due to Clemson's loss. Clemson had 39 straight regular season wins, including conference championships. They had 28 straight wins versus ACC opponents, 25 straight wins in conference play, the longest active FBS streak, and 14 road wins straight the longest active FBS streak. Also, true freshman quarterback DJU. I'm not even going to you know, fake like I can pronounce his name yet. I'm still working on it. I give lots of credit to Joe DeLeon for getting that right. He has said it twice on our interview, and I'm just like all praise because I'm still working on mine. He had 426 yards on the night, which is the most against an AP top five team in Clemson football history. You know, no big deal. They just have Trevor Lawrence, who we've all been gushing over for the past three years. But now you've got this true freshman who's just going to be locked and reloaded as Clemson just keeps it pushing. So, you know, just regular news, just a regular Monday, Sunday catch up. But it's fine. It's totally fine. So if you were thinking in the ACC that Clemson might, you know, take a little dip after Trevor graduates, I hate to break it to you. DJ wants to have a word. So let's jump right into last night's game again, talking to Locked on Irish host Joe DeLeon here now. Joe, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing especially good considering <laughs> the the circumstance of that long game, uh, really playing with our emotions there up until that, you know, that the final key play in overtime. I'm doing pretty good considering the victory. <laughs> Absolutely. Congrats on the big one yesterday. Now the Fighting Irish's first win over a number one team since 93. What were your overall thoughts on last night's game? Uh, the big thing for me is, that, you know, they come out swinging. Kyron Williams has the long rushing touchdown to really make a statement in that game. That was exactly what they needed to do. But what dampened things and what made things so nerve-wracking for Notre Dame fans 
is that offensively in the second half, they really, really struggled to, to move the ball. And they allowed Brent Venables, Clemson's defensive coordinator, to really play, you know, outmaneuver Tommy Rees, uh, who's, who's Notre Dame's offensive coordinator. That was really frustrating. But the way that they were able to finish, the way that they were able to rally, that's the, the moniker and the, um, the, the key word that they're using for the season is to rally. The, the fact that they rallied together in the end of that game to make a, a very big offensive play in overtime and then two huge sacks to close things out. That was very big. That's exactly what you want from a team that's trying to make a push uh, for the college football playoff. Certainly. And talk about fifth year senior Ian Book's performance on the day. How has his senior leadership helped the team this year? You can really tell that he's a guy that leads by example. So folks that watch the game might remember the very key fumble that he had in the second half. They were about to score. He was running towards the end zone. It looked like he had a touchdown. The ball gets punched out. His reaction to that is a big reason why they stayed in that game. They stayed resilient and they fought back to a point where they tied the ball game up and eventually went to overtime. Some college quarterbacks will see, will give up and get inside their own head when, when mistakes like that happen. But because he's a fifth year senior He's been a part of this program so long. He's been through the ups and the downs. He knows exactly what he needs to do and what he needs to bring to the table to not only rally himself, not get too high or too low, but also bring the the, the guys around him and help them step up to the occasion. No doubt. Now, speaking of people that are around him, Kyron Williams had a big day with 140 yards and three touchdowns. How do you, how would you grade Notre Dame's offensive line this season so far, and what can they fix up in order to get through the rest of their matchups? I honestly wouldn't. I wouldn't even say that they need to fix anything up. There's a mm-hmm. reason why Pro Football Focus has them graded as the best offensive line in the country, and it's not because they have one guy. It's not like they have a Penny Sewell who's going to be a top five pick. It's because mm-hmm. all of those, those guys on the offensive line play so cohesively together and they've been there for so long now. They work so well together. And then you can also attribute to the, the key leadership you get from Liam Eikenberg, who's, who's played for a significant amount of his career uh, on that offensive line. He's got a, a ton of snaps under his belt. What works so well with this offense and why they run the ball so effectively is because of how aggressive and how downhill their offensive line is. They're not going to allow an opposing team to outwork them. They're always going to find ways to get that edge by setting the tone along along the line of scrimmage. They certainly set the tone last night. Now, Brian Kelly gets his first win against a top top five AP team. Would you say it's overdue or with this team, it's right on time? I I agree with both. I think that overdue (laughs) is the perfect way to put it because it's been so many years and there's been some other teams that were, were better than this, uh, this current Notre Dame team that they weren't able to come out with these big victories. And that's the one, the one hurdle that Brian Kelly has just not been able to get over is beating top programs in moments where they need to get key victories in order to make that, that real final push towards the end of the season. I do think, though, it is perfect timing because this team is built for what Brian Kelly wants in terms of identity, uh, a strong leader at the quarterback position, a very, very stout offensive line, a good running game, and then not to mention an aggressive and a fast defense that makes plays in key moments. 
Absolutely. Now, do you think, that, and there will be folks who don't give y'all full credit for being Clemson because Trevor Lawrence didn't play, but what do you say to them? I, you know, I say, look at how DJ Uyunglele played. That kid, and I don't think this is a hot take to say this, in 2023, when DJ Uyunglele declares for the NFL draft, that is going to be a top five pick. That is not a typical 18-year-old true freshman quarterback. Mm. Now, Trevor Lawrence is obviously way more developed than he is right now. And he is a, a generational talent, but the way that he played in this game, like how much better is Trevor Lawrence really going to play DJ Uyunglele threw for uh, uh, around 430 yards. That's a, a huge performance. So it, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to take too much away from this team. This is still a very good Clemson program. Yeah. They have a, a very deep team and a lot of really highly recruited, talented kids that are backup players. So injuries are not COVID or not, not having Trevor Lawrence. They are still talent, talented across the board and also behind those starters. Now you get bonus points for saying his name twice. Cause I've been working <laughs> on it. <laughs> I've been week. saying it the whole week. So it's, it's I finally got it to, to click uh, when I recorded this morning. That is so awesome. Now, are you feel, are you uh, fearful of any players potentially not being able to be available in the coming weeks because the students stormed the field? From, from what I could see and from what I understand and from at least what I hope it looked like most of the players were able to get off the field uh, as quickly as possible I'm hoping things are fine this Notre Dame team if you recall early on when they were supposed to play Wake Forest already had their own uh, little mini outbreak it was one of the bigger ones in college football I think it was like over 20 guys that ended up having it mm -hmm. um so hopefully that, you know, I really hope that doesn't happen again. Yeah. Barstool Irish tweeted out, whoever runs the account tweeted out that they hugged Ian Book. So I'm hoping that, <laughs> that Ian Book doesn't end up getting sick. Um, really crossing my fingers here because that is a little bit bad timing for them to, to choose to storm the field. A hundred percent. Now, when you think about Notre Dame and not really technically being in the ACC for football, but they are this year and potentially taking a spot from another team that's probably been a staple in the conference. What do you say to the people who are like, man, Notre Dame shouldn't even be here? <laughs> well, all the people before this were saying Notre Dame needs to join a conference. Why True. aren't they in a conference? That was the number one thing that you kept hearing. Now they're in a conference and they were already playing the, the ACC schedule like a half schedule where they're playing a lot of ACC teams because of their semi-affiliation because of the other sports. But now that they're in it officially, they come and beat the top dog. And they also have done very well against some of the mid-tier programs like Louisville. They're going to be playing Boston College this week, which has looked really good. I think that they've proven people wrong. You know, they, they, they've proven that they don't need to be in a conference if they don't want to. But if you really want to say that they couldn't compete in a conference. They're proving everybody wrong right now by how well they're doing. 100%. Now, where do you see the Fighting Irish finishing? I feel like it's a very much a we want Bama energy right now. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think that that, that want, to face, uh, want to face Alabama is definitely there. The one thing that you have to acknowledge first is getting through the rest of the schedule the biggest game, actually the two biggest games that might be slight roadblocks are Boston College, who in the past, Boston College has played spoiler to very good Notre Dame teams. And then UNC is still very talented. So they need to get past both of those opponents. But even further than that, they're going to have to face Clemson in the ACC championship. So before we can start calling for, you know, we want Bama, we want to face them in the national championship. 
they need to go and beat Clemson again. And they need to beat <laughs> Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. It's not, it's not going to be, it's going to be very similar to this game. It's going to be last second down to the wire, hard fought battle. Listen, I hear you. As Locked on Tar Heels host, I honestly am upset that you guys won last night because I wanted Clemson <laughs> to get it done. That way we could have somewhat of a chance for the conference title. But I totally agree and think that Notre Dame is slate. I, I predict them to have a better season than most are thinking. But Joe, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on and talking to me. Where can folks listen to more of Fighting or Locked on, Locked on Irish? Yeah, so search up uh, Locked on Irish. You can find us on any platform that you can find a podcast, but definitely go check us out on, on Twitter. That's Locked on Irish, spelled straight up. There's no deviation there. Um, we always put all of our shows out on there. We put out some other good additional content. So if you are a Notre Dame fan and you're looking to stay up to date, please go follow that account. And if you want to follow me, uh, my, my handle's at Joe DeLeon, spelled D-E-L-E-O-N-E. Wonderful. Well, Joe, I appreciate your time again. And you know, when it's coming down the stretch, I'm going to do a conference championship episode. And should the fire, Fighting Irish be in there, I'm going to have to bring you and the guys back. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me on. It's the, the first week with the network, and I'm already getting some, uh, you know, some good connections, some good run on some other shows. So I really, really appreciate you, you, you bringing me on already. Do you ever feel like you're always on? I mean, same. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes I just need to celebrate responsibly. That's when I reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing, Coors Light from Coors Brewing Company, Golden Colorado, is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Up now on Locked on Wolfpack, we have Kenton Gibbs here to talk to me about NC State, more importantly, the ACC. Let's get right into it. Now, Friday night, we saw NC State take on Miami in, a, in an exciting thriller. So first things first, Kenton, does anybody play defense on Friday night games? Absolutely not. As I've said multiple times, these are 18 to 22-year-olds. The slightest change in schedule will equal disastrous results for them. And as far as looking at a Friday night game, it should be the team's playing to the level that they normally do. Miami, who was coached by Manny Diaz, a defensive head coach, one of the better defenses in the nation under his tutelage, they they were horrible against NC State. They made Bailey Hockman look like a legitimate Power 5 quarterback. So, I mean, at the end of the day, no, nobody really plays defense. NC State's defense, they were really banged up. I get why Miami, and especially De'Ara King, throwing the dimes the way that he did, was able to do what he did, but as far as Miami's defense playing how they did, the slightest change in schedule just throws them completely off. Well, shots taken obviously early by on Coach Diaz, but what were you impressed by NC State's performance? Did they handle themselves? I think I was impressed by the offense and the fact that they kept Bailey Hockman from turning away the ball for the first 46 minutes. That was very impressive to me. Bailey Hockman is a human turnover machine, only second to CJ or Chase Bryce. And the fact of the matter is the fact that he threw his first interception of the game at the end of the game was not a great thing for him so much as an indictment of Miami's defense because there were at least three to four balls that could have easily been picked off, but they weren't. Al Blaze dropped a couple. Uh, the, the other corner dropped a couple. Like, at the end of the day, 
it wasn't like he played a super clean game. It was just Miami did not capitalize until the end of the game. Well, it seemed like Bailey gave you everything he had, but ultimately coming up short in that final drive, do you think that his offense distrusts him? I don't think that the offense, as in the players, distrust him. I don't think that Tim Beck trusts him very much. The Wolfpack route gained 213 yards to six in the fourth quarter. If you look at their play call selection percentage-wise, the percentage of runs to pass were much higher in the fourth quarter than they were the other three. As uh, as I believe Frank Sinatra once said, don't forget who bought you to the dance. You have to go home with who bought you. And in this case, you have to win the game with what had you having the lead. I get it. NC State wants to be tough, physical, hand in the dirt, all those good things. Great. But on this night or on Friday night, that wasn't what was working. So they should have stayed with what was. So let's talk about Derek King, King's performance, 430 yards on the day. Is he the best quarterback in college football right now? So because Trevor Lawrence is out with COVID, it's close. But I still think that he's a little bit behind um, Justin Fields up there in Ohio. I mean, at the end of the day, De'Ara King doesn't have the same level of playmakers. Those The guys dropped a few balls. Friday that could have easily turned into bigger plays, but De'Ara King is one of the top five quarterbacks. And really, objectively speaking, here what he did Friday was a masterclass in the quarterback position. So, did Manny Diaz's team expose their weaknesses, or is NC State better than their record reflects? I mean, NC State is definitely better than their record reflects, but at the same time, I mean, when you look at all the things that De'Ara King did, right? 430 yards was just through the air. You forgot to mention the 105 on the ground. Like, De'Aaron King, if you've ever watched a high school football game where there was one player who was significantly better than everybody else, that's what De'Aaron King was. And when you see that happen, one thing that that covers over is a multitude of sins in other places. However, the things that Miami did not do well against State, those aren't weaknesses. You're not going to pick on Al Blades. That's not – Al Blades Jr. is not the corner that you look at and you say, that's the guy. We want to go at him. But NC State had a decent amount of success against them. You don't look at this Miami team and say their defense is the weakness. Everybody can put up 40 because, again, this game was the anomaly, not the rule. So do you think that people are sleeping on the ACC as a whole, looking at the Miami State game, looking at the Clemson-Notre Dame game from the weekend? Or is the conference kind of just middle of the road? Absolutely not. Nobody is sleeping. There were no snooze buttons hit. Everybody's looking. Everybody wants the ACC to be good, but they're objectively not. They're objectively not a very strong conference. If you look at going into this weekend, and even if you look at going into the third or fourth quarter of the Miami-NC State game, it was looking like State was going to be the third-ranked team in this conference or the third team in this conference by uh, win-loss. Like that, this State team has had injuries up and down the board regardless of position all season long they've not had their starting quarterback and at times they look listless and lifeless and yet they were still basically five minutes away from being the number three team in the conference just like that like that in and of itself tells me a lot about this conference you look at all the teams in the conference virginia tech who was supposed to be a contender lost to liberty like what unc has lost the two one win teams notre dame Sure, they beat Clemson. Great form. Ended an absolutely amazing, uh, I want to say, 36-game game regular season win streak. But Notre Dame did that against a Clemson 
without Trevor Lawrence, without three or four defensive starters, and it still took double overtime? At the end of the day, this conference, as I've said before, is Clemson and everybody else. And I truly don't believe the ACC championship game will be all that close, especially seeing as how Clemson is going to be pissed off with having this loss on their record. And going down the line in the ACC, I think that there are a bunch of middle-of-the-road to bad teams that look middle-of-the-road because the rest of the ACC is so bad. So we had Locked on Irish host up here earlier, and he talked about, you know, at the end of the day, people wanted uh, Notre Dame to be in a conference. And look, here they are. They have to play who they have to play. So would you say that Notre Dame deserves to be in the championship game when it's all said and done, despite the fact that they are not, you know, a regular contender when it comes to the ACC? Absolutely. At the end of the day, Notre Dame has joined the conference, even if it is a rental joint or if it's a test drive joint. They've joined. The ACC allowed it. They got to deal with it now. But the fact of the matter is, if we're talking national championship, they're going to have to beat Clemson twice to do that. They're going to have to beat Clemson twice to get there. If they beat Clemson twice to get there, I have no problem with saying, hey, not only did they belong in the ACC championship, they belong in the national championship conversation. All right, folks, as you know, I am on this new fitness journey since retiring from swimming. I have been looking for great treats to stay fit but keep me nice and toned. That's why I've leaned on Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. With 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate, Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health-conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Built Bar because it's a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. Head to BuiltBar.com now and use promo code Locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Speaking with Kenton Gibbs from Locked on Wolfpack, now Kenton. Does that make it better for the conference in general? Does having two teams in the college football playoff conversation put the conference on a scale that is kind of untouchable? So here's the thing. Even if Notre Dame obliterates everybody else for the rest of the season and then loses to Clemson in an extremely close game, let's say the exact opposite of what happened in Notre Dame happens and Clemson wins two overtimes against uh, Notre Dame, and they end up being in the playoff. Sure, that looks great for those two teams. The rest of the conference still has to go out and prove that they are somebody and that they are good. Miami, everybody keeps talking about, is Miami back? And again, I hate saying, is a team back? Because at the end of the day, are they back compared to what? If you're talking about, is this Miami team back compared to those early 2000s teams that were you could throw a rock in the huddle, you were more likely to hit a future pro bowler or possible Hall of Famer than you were a guy who's not going to play in the NFL? If you're talking about back compared to that, absolutely not. But if you're saying, hey, do they look good this year? Are they probably going to be top three, four in the ACC this year? Absolutely. So, I mean, at the end of the day, this conference is still Clemson and everybody else to me. Um, but Notre Dame being in it definitely adds a little something to the conference. So when it's all said and done, what are you going to be excited or pleased about for the NC State team? Are you going to be happy with a winning record? Do you, what do you want from the Wolfpack? What I want from the Wolfpack is to beat the teams that they're supposed to be coming down the stretch. The expectations for the Wolfpack have been redefined in real time. Earlier this season, if you would have told me coming into the season that heading into the bye week, NC State would be 4-2, and two, I would absolutely take that. However, what, what that has done, what those wins have done, is now set a pace of you have to keep this up. Because, again, the teams that they have going forward for the rest of the year 
are absolutely abysmal. I mean, there's from top to bottom, you don't see any teams that you think, oh, NC State cannot keep up with except maybe Liberty. That's it. But other than that, you got Florida State with two wins, Syracuse with two wins, Georgia Tech with two wins. So, you know, that's that's just my take on that. And I, Georgia Tech hasn't looked good in any of their losses this year whatsoever. So that's my take on that. Well, when it all comes down to it, people want to hear more from the Wolfpack elite, and I have to figure out where can they go to find you and follow more of your work. Well, you can uh, follow me on Instagram. I'm sorry, follow me on Twitter at LO underscore Wolfpack. Uh, that's the page for the actual podcast. You can uh, find me wherever you listen to your regular podcast, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, at Locked On Wolfpack. Um, you know, I, at the end of the day, I want to put out as much great content as I can for the Wolfpack. And my motto is we don't do hit pieces or fluff pieces. I just give you straight up what it is, what it ain't, what it could be, and what it can't for the Wolfpack. Well, Ken, I appreciate your time, and I look forward to talking to you down the line. Thank you for having me on, Candice. It was a pleasure. Appreciate the insight from both Joe and Kenton today as they talked about their respective teams and their conference as a whole. As we know, the ACC is trying to be one of those powerhouse conferences, but will the SEC like a word? Will the Pac-12 get in the conversation? Will the Big Ten and Big 12 try and fight their way through Is Ohio State and everybody else with the Big Ten? Big 12, I'm not quite sure who we want to rally up in there, but you never know. It's all coming down to the wire here as we gear up for our final few games for some of our conferences. And what what will that mean as we look for those college football playoffs? I hate to be that committee, but again, make sure you guys tune in every single day. Locked on College Football Podcast from wherever you download podcasts. Different hosts each day. Exciting times for the college football world. And we're going to keep this thing rolling. So make sure you guys have a good day. Stay smart and safe out there and happy Monday.